Don't miss out on the latest news and events in your community. Visit StarLocalMedia.com today. Sign up for our newsletter and stay informed on all the latest stories affecting your neighborhood. And if you're a local business owner, let us help you reach your target audience with our effective advertising solutions. Visit StarLocalMedia.com and take the first step towards staying connected to your community. Today's episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast is brought to you by Poor Richard's Cafe and Star Local Media. Poor Richard's Cafe, Plano's oldest restaurant since 1973. They are open daily from 5.30 a.m. to 2.30 p.m., serving the three most important meals of the day, breakfast, lunch, and dessert. It is true Texas homestyle cooking made with love and grit. That is Poor Richard's Cafe, located off of Avenue K in Plano. Welcome to another episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast. My name is Matt Welch. I'm the sports editor of Star Local Media, and I am being joined by Justin Thomas and Taylor Raglan. Uh, the first round of the high school girls basketball playoffs is in the books, so let's react. Let's talk a bit about what um, what happened within um, within our local programs who are playing either Monday or Tuesday in the bi-district round of the postseason. I guess um, just going off of just our results in 6A and 5A, we have 11 teams left in the playoffs. Playoffs. Nothing. I mean, no. I guess no earth-shattering upsets. I'd say in the first round, nothing to the nothing to the magnitude of like a Duncanville getting right. eliminated in the first round yeah. or whatnot. So, um, but yeah. Let's um let's discuss at the very least um for the first half we can break down the uh, what happened to the first round in six A on the back half of the podcast we will talk five A. Um, lots of blowouts in the first yeah. round. Not a yep. whole lot of competitive basketball. If you were looking for some competitive hoops, um, your best bet was to check out one of the games between uh, Louisville ISD and Keller ISD because um sounds like those ones were at least competitive mm-hmm. if nothing else um so yeah justin the two results there um you know you have hebron getting by keller 34 to 31 uh lewisville got tripped up by timber creek 42 to 36 so um i don't know let's start with the with the with the lady hawks you know making their first uh, their return to the playoffs first time in a while yeah and look at them already bound for the second round second round first time since 2008 from my research um so yeah big props to hebron there mm-hmm. I mean, hate to keep going back to last year, but it is pretty awesome that you know this team didn't win a game in mm-hmm. district last year, and now here they are in the second round of the playoffs. Um, we were talking about on Monday, you know, Heber needing to get healthy for this game, and it looks like I didn't cover this game, but it looks like they were healthy. Sierra mm-hmm. Dixon came back and she scored seven, and then Deja Melton scored a team high twelve points, and she hit a go ahead three pointer in the final minute. Wow. Keller um, gets a basket, and then she hits two free throws to push it back to three, and then like a last-second look for Keller missed, obviously. So um, 34-31 win for Hebron. Um, they look like they're healthy again, and now they get to men- play aforementioned South Grand Perry off their mm-hmm. upset of Duncanville. That one's going to be 6.30 Thursday at Grapevine. Yeah, suffice to say, in hindsight, that getting those two guards back made a pretty yeah. significant difference given how close this game yeah, was. absolutely. So. Um, with uh, with Louisville, though, I guess if there was a team that perhaps you might have foreseen getting to the second round with the year that the Lady Farmers had had, um, yeah, I mean, just what do you kind of make of them getting uh, getting tripped up by uh, by Timber Creek? Yeah, we talked Monday that I thought this was going to be a de- defensive game, and it certainly looks like it was, 42-36. Um, Louisville actually had a lead at halftime, 18-16, but then they only scored five points in the third quarter. Mm. They got outscored 12-5, and they could never get back into it. You know, I was kind of following on Twitter. I think they were down about um, five with maybe three or four minutes left, but it didn't look like they could really, you know, get within that one possession there. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about how they would have to slow down Timber Creek's Nelly Kalahi, and 
she scored 17, so maybe they did an okay job mm-hmm. of that, but she was the leading scorer, so and it looks like sh- that was kind of the difference for them. Okay. With um, the only other... But yeah, I thought, I thought this was a game Louisville was going to win, so yeah. I'm kind of surprised that they got eliminated, but it looks like just a close defensive game that just kind of went the other way. Louisville plays quite a bit of those in the playoffs, yes, teams. they do. Uh, let's see. Let's look at the other game that you had um, you know, over in 6A Region 1. Marcus. Marcus had a tough go against yeah, Dan Geyer. I sounded the upset alarm here, and I, I was proven <laughs> quite wrong. Um, Geyer wasn't having any of that. Yeah, nonsense. just looking at the box score, it looks like just one of those games that kind of just kept snowballing. You know, thir- 13-6 after one, 22-10 at half, then 39-17 after three, so... Geyer just gradually pulled away and pulled away and pulled away. Um, nice game for Evie Getz for Marcus. She scored 20, but nobody else had more than five. Mm-hmm. So just not enough offense, and looks like they weren't really in this one for, for much of it at all. The, um, I also want to say props to Marcus. You know, this was their first time back in the playoffs in five years, since okay. 2014. So um, I know a lot of their seniors, a lot of their seniors have been on varsity for all four of those years. So I know they were pretty excited just to get to play in a playoff game mm-hmm. after you know coming up short their first three years uh, whereas you had you know a couple games that went right down to the wire there in 6a region one um, not the case in region two no we had um, a, let's nope. see of the let's see we had one two three four five there were five games that we had a we had a school in region two the average margin of victory in those five games was 26.8 points wow. not a lot of barn burners so to speak um, a game that we devoted a bit of attention to on Monday's podcast was the uh, the cross market game between Plano East and Saxe, a matchup of a, a district champion Saxe versus a four seed in Plano East? But history had said that you know what, Plano East is familiar with playing out of the four seed, and they've fared all right as far as the, you know their last three times as a four seed. Those three games all decided win or lose by six points or less. That trend did not hold <laughs> against the uh, excuse me the former uh, the the reigning state semifinalist Lady Mustangs, uh, sixty eight to forty two and right on that twenty six point <laughs> yes <laughs> exactly right around it yes this was uh, yeah so I'd say in hindsight you know Devin Hassan was the one who was out covering this game yeah. one thing that I didn't get to mention on Monday's podcast that I thought you know might have made for kind of a salient um, you know this thing to watch you know from Plano East standpoint they can't get. Down big early on. Nope. I think especially if, you know, we've talked ad nauseum about the youth on Plano East team, mm-hmm. and I think that especially given how you can be prone to some jitters in the playoffs, you know, yep. I saw I saw some jitters out of Plano. Reigning state champion Plano had a you know had a slow start in its game against Lakeview Centennial. I mean, so nobody's you know, nobody's you know immune to it. But you know, just to to not, you know, fall down too big early on because yeah. then that's when kind of panic can set in. Yep. Because it's especially against a team like Saxe that, you know, Based, I mean, just look at what they did last year. That team has a playoff gear, yeah. And with all that collective experience back, it really, uh, it really made the difference early on in this one. It seems. Yeah, I mean, it was what twenty-seven eleven after the first, yes. I think, and then something like forty-one twenty-two yeah. at halftime. And you know, that was Devin said that Tavi Diggs fouled out with five or six minutes left, but obviously the game was well in hand at that yeah. point. It was a twenty-plus point lead um, on their way to the the twenty-six point victory. Speaking of having a playoff gear, the one thing he did mention as far as Saxy goes. He said there wasn't a whole lot of storylines. Saxe kind of dominated throughout, as you mentioned, got up big and, and kind of, I don't want to say coasted, but held off Plano East throughout. I think Plano East won one quarter, the third quarter, like 17-15, and obviously mm-hmm. winning a quarter by two points isn't going to bring you back from, from 25. So, yeah. um, But Devin did mention that, that Jayla Brooks, um, you know, a junior guard for Saxe, 
more of a distributor, I think, during the regular season, mm-hmm. and really just kind of a true point guard trying to, you know, uh, give assist to her teammates and, and all that sort of thing. But in the playoffs, you mentioned that they ask her to kind of step up, score a little more, have a little bit more of a role on the ball and, and scoring the basketball. And I think she had 23, he said, last night. So, you know, maybe she's got a postseason gear of her own, mm-hmm. but... You know, as you mentioned, Saxy Long uh, playoff run a year ago and, and looked prime for another one. Plano's had a really tough time closing off driving lanes and keeping uh, Jayla Brooks out of uh, out of the paint, it seems. And then Saxy's defense kind of set the tone there with just the pressure. They were able to force a lot of turnovers. Plano's just had a tough time getting the ball over half court, it seems. Yeah. Yep. I mean, and yeah, that's just the difference between a team that has been there, done that, and a team that has one player that's been. I mean, yep. I mean, Tabby Diggs has his you know a story, to, a resume as as any you know four year of our city starter you know that's come through that program um but you've got players on Saxy that this is now i mean a lot of those players have been on varsity contributing since they were freshmen and sophomores yep. and whatnot and this is yeah i mean they this is a program that has visions of playing you know for uh, you know for the next couple weeks and they certainly looked the part they were not uh, at all you know thrown off by playing against the the fourth place team from uh, yep. what was a pretty solid district over in 96a yep. um Elsewhere, though, I mean, form kind of held. You know, you expected, uh, you know, those you know teams like Allen and Plano and Pross were teams that were state ranked for much of the season that they wouldn't, you know, meet a ton of resistance in the first round. Um, the game I was at, you know, I, on Monday I checked out Plano versus Lakeview Centennial. This was only a two possession game through three quarters. Plano was only up by six. Plano, as I mentioned, you know, moments ago, um, really slow start. I believe they missed their first nine shots from the field. The shot selection was a little was a little wild so to speak. They were checking way more threes than I think head coach Rodney Belcher mm-hmm. would have liked to see. So once things you know, kind of settled down and they made a more concerted effort to work the ball inside and impose their will you know, with your Jordan Merritts, your Zaria mm-hmm. Collins, the size advantage and the rebounding that they, I mean, that they lured over you know, just about every team that they've played this season, then things really began to kind of take shape. Um, ironically enough, you know, Plano is a, uh, is a team that runs a ton of zone. That's mm-hmm. kind of been their bread and butter all season. Um, Lakeview Centennial did such a good job spacing them out and you know getting them out of rotation knocking down threes that Plano actually had to go away from that zone in the second half and oftentimes when you see that you know you're thinking that's almost like a like a sign of panic right. and weakness because like this is this is our defense that we've run all season and mm-hmm. just it's not working so we have to go to something that you know and there was a little bit of reluctance at first because you know Belcher wasn't sure how Plano would handle the uh, the speedy guards that Lakeview had mm-hmm. and as it turned out switching to man wound up being the, the saving grace for that defense, they, um, you know, despite uh, you know, despite Lakeview Centennial playing them really close for three quarters, Plano outscored them twenty-one to six in the fourth quarter, and a lot of that was triggered by the man-to-man defense forcing turnovers, getting them out in transition. Um, you know, Plano dominated on the glass. I mean, mm-hmm. even though the the shots weren't falling early on, that's the one thing that really kind of kept Plano. You know, gave their uh, their offense some life with just second chance opportunities. Mm-hmm. They had seventeen offensive rebounds in this game, um, including fourteen points just on putbacks. Um, you know, you had. You know, Zaria Collins, you know, had 19 points. Uh, Jordan Merritt had 20 points and 13 rebounds. So, I mean, yeah, Plano eventually got it together, you know, looked the part, you know, later in the game. But uh, definitely a closer call, at least in three quarters, than, you know, than I think Plano might have anticipated. Um, otherwise, you know, you had Allen just hmm. just laying waste to, to Wiley. The final score in this one was 66 to 16. <laughs> Allen, uh, yeah, I'd say that's um, probably <laughs> the most, yeah, bit. probably the, the largest uh, margin of victory in program history as far as a playoff game goes, if I had to get, if I had to 
guess. Yeah. It seemed like it's you're hard pressed to find too many teams that win you know, yeah. playoff games by fifty points. Um, yeah, this was just Allen doing what it's done for the last few weeks. You know, Allen's been you know one of the uh, a team that has really rounded into form over the second half of district play. This is now their eighth consecutive win. They ran the table over the second half of that district nine six a schedule. Um, all eleven players scored for Allen in this one, led by thirteen from Tyler Jackson, who's a player that's come on real strong down the stretch. I um, mean, she continues to kind of grow as a score. Um, and it's just kind of a, a nice compliment to uh, to Nia Green, who I mean, Allen didn't need Nia Green to, to go off obviously in this one. Um, I do believe that um, you know that Allen was uh, was in attendance for the uh, for the Saxy Plano East game, obviously eyeing a a potential collision course with Saxy in the third round if both teams are to win their uh, their second round matchups. Um, Allen will take on who? They'll take on Tyler Lee, and that game's going to be all the way out in Will's Point um, Friday. Uh-huh. Friday, 7 o'clock. <laughs> Plano takes on Rockwall, and that one is going to be at Naaman Forest. Yep. Friday, 7 o'clock? Yep. Okay. Uh, let's see. Other um, other results. Um, Prosper, you know, Prosper took care of Rowlett, 63-40. to 40. You know, Prosper, a team that was in first place for the majority mm-hmm. of the district schedule. Um, like I said, had a bit of a, they stumbled down the down the home stretch, but obviously that didn't, you know, bother them whatsoever against Rowlett. This was a game um, kind of like Plano Lakeview Centennial that was a little bit closer than expected early on. Prosper only led this one 30-27 at the half, but they blow the doors off in the second mm-hmm. half, outscoring by 20 points. Um, you know, they allowed just seven points in the third quarter, allowed only six in the fourth. Maddie Cleary had a huge night for Prosper, 22 points. Jordan Oliver doing her thing with 17. They did get Scout Huffman back, you know, a, a key return for, for Prosper, them, for sure. especially um, just to get her her interior scoring and rebounding. You know, it doesn't sound like she played too many minutes, only scored four points or whatnot. Um, but it was also big on defense. They limited Rowlett's, uh, you know, super score and Gozi Obaneki to just five points. Mm. So Prosper, um, yeah, they've got a, a, a solid a defensive gear as any team in 9-6A, so I'm not surprised to see that they uh, they begin the playoffs with a, with a very emphatic defensive performance. Um, let's see, other results out of Region 2. You had, uh, let's see, Mesquite Horn. Mesquite Horn was able to um, advance um, out of the first round for the fourth straight year with a 58-44 to victory over Copperas Cove. This game was not anywhere close nearby. Um, <laughs> obviously some travel required for that one, but the Lady Jaguars are able to pull it out. They uh, they pull ahead big in the second quarter, outscoring Cove 18-5 um, to after trailing by three after the first quarter. Uh, Nia Boyd, big game as usual for Mesquite Horn. She has 18 points. Jasmine Shea with 12, Jalen Reagans with 10, and now um, yeah they'll get to stay a little bit closer to the uh, closer to home, but they draw sacks in the yeah. second round, so we yeah. uh, we shall see if they are able to offer up any further resistance against the Lady Mustangs versus what Plano East did on Tuesday. Um, yeah, so that is a that is a look at the happenings in 6A Region 2. Obviously, uh, still plenty to discuss as far as the happenings in 5A, including um, a. Dominant, dominant performance by Frisco Liberty, yep. holding McKinney North only 12 points. Um, and when you think Frisco Liberty, you think Randy Thompson. And Randy Thompson was the subject of our student athlete spotlight. Kendrick Johnson was out covering that game, had a chance to talk with Randy after the Lady Redhawks' big win over McKinney North. And we will see what she had to say after a word from the sponsor. Today's podcast is brought to you by Star Local Media. 14 newspapers and websites with a print distribution of 270,000 homes and monthly page views of 600,000 online. Star Local Media, your community voice for news. And now, let's get back to the podcast. Kids, I'm Randy Thompson, star guard for the Liberty Lady Hawks. <laughs> How's it feel to be advancing to the next round? It's good. Um, I think we've kind of been waiting on this. Um, 
we kind of we really prepared for this, and we kind of I don't want to say we knew we were gonna win, but we came in knowing we were gonna win. What's your mentality um, going forward? Because it's like I know last year y'all came really close. Y'all didn't beat Lone Star this year. It seems like y'all team on a mission. Y'all very hungry. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we just, um, I think we just make sure we, we play hard, make sure we pay attention to practice, and just make sure we play as a team. Talk about y'all camaraderie. It seems like everybody gets along and y'all share the ball and y'all, everybody is on the same page, which is what you want this time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I think we just, honestly, we just came out. We were just like, we should just play the same way we played last Tuesday when we beat um, Lone Star. And I think we just had a mentality of just like, we got to get back at them. And we just we just want to be able to, like, prove ourselves. How big that went from Lone Star to let y'all know how good of a team y'all could be? We definitely, like... That's that y'all lacking confidence, but yeah. that's, that's that affirmation. Yeah, we were, we definitely, um, we definitely were very excited about that. We just kind of knew, like, at that point, we just, like, we can beat anybody, especially since, like, we were up on them so much, and then we allowed them to come back. We just know that once we keep a lead, we're allowed, we can't keep it. Or once we get a lead, we can keep it. And what y'all learned from last year going through the playoffs uh, that will help y'all out this year? Um, I think uh, just got to make sure we play one game at a time instead of just trying to look uh, five games ahead. <laughs> I feel this to be back. You worked all summer, and now you're here. Yeah, I think it's just we're just super excited to be back. Um, we just really hope we make a long run throughout the uh, playoffs. Just work hard. And final question, how, how good does it feel to be playing with these girls and y'all winning and everybody's coming to see y'all play? This atmosphere was electric. It felt, felt like a playoff game. How does it feel to be on this stage and be able to do y'all thing and be winning? I mean, I think it's very exciting. I think we do deserve it. Like, we just been playing so, we've been playing so hard. We work so hard. Um, our practices are super intense all the time, and I think we finally deserve just to be able to be in an atmosphere like this and be able to uh, win an atmosphere like this. A big thanks to Randy Thompson of Liberty, uh, taking the time to speak with our own Kendrick Johnson. I'm not Matt. I'm uh, I'm Brian Murphy, yeah, the Frisco guy coming in here uh, for the second half of this uh, girls' playoff podcast. Sticking with Liberty, I tried to tell Kendrick Johnson on the podcast on Monday <laughs> that Liberty was going to dismantle McKinney North. I, I didn't think it'd be that bad. Um, you know, McKinney North only scored 12 points, uh, but Liberty, they've been doing that to teams all year. Uh, I know at one point towards the end of district, they had given up somewhere around 22 points per game, something like that. So McKinney North was just the next victim. Uh, Randy Thompson in that game led all scores with 12 points, but, you know, Liberty's so what bounced. Tied the Bulldogs, huh? <laughs> yeah, she, she scored, <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah, she scored as many points as the entire McKinney North Bulldogs team. So very deserving of our uh, our uh, spotlight interview of the week. Liberty, they advance to take on South Oak Cliff. Uh, should be a good matchup. Hopefully they take care of business, and then we can get uh, them against your alma mater, uh, Centennial, yeah, in the third round if they take care of business. Um uh, against Highland Park. Speaking of Centennial, want to quick hit that that bracket of the district mm -hmm. since they could match up in the third round. Uh, Centennial they demolished Denison, sixty-one thirty-seven. You know, I was trying to figure out which game would be the most competitive. I knew Liberty and Lone Star were going to win big uh, in their matchups, and I was like, man, what's Centennial going to do against uh, Denison? What's Memorial going to do uh, against Wiley East? And you know, I, I thought Centennial and Denison could have been the closest game, and that, that was another blowout. Just shows you. You know how good uh, that that district could be. So if Centennial takes care of Highland Park, they would be facing uh, Liberty in the third round. So I understand you guys have a, a couple 5A squads yep. uh, in from the same district. 
in the in the big dance. We want to talk the colony, or we want to talk Lake Dallas. The good with the bad. You know, start with the bad and then with the good. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we can get Lake Dallas out of the way. My alma mater is doing a, a lot better than pretty much all of the teams that I cover on a on a weekly basis here. But yeah, Lake Dallas just you know a young team. Um, you know, obviously the the two juniors and Dorian Norris and, and Joe Elliott, uh, and then started three freshmen against Boswell. Um, and Boswell was just too much, pretty much in all facets. I believe the final score was, you know, 88-49, something to that effect, almost a 40-point um, win for Boswell. And it, and it was just the – I think the thing that really got Lake Dallas is that in 8-5A, there's some really good um, programs and some, you know, some good basketball. The Colony can play with a little bit of pace, a little bit of pressure, but Boswell was a, an entirely different level of, you know, in-your-face, press all the time intensity, we're going to make you turn the ball over. Lake Dallas had multiple five-second violations um, just trying to inbound the ball. I think at least three or four, um, you know, from, from what I remember, if I remember right. And, and then, you know, combine that with the pace. Once they get the ball, they're going to run, you know, up and down and, and try to take you out of your comfort zone. Um, and that's basically what happened. You know, Lake Dallas on offense never really got going, never really executed what it tries to do. Um, it, it was it was a thousand miles an hour all the time, really out of control, uncomfortable, and, and I think that youth has something to do with that. But Yeah, I was going to ask you, so Lake Dallas is a young team, mm-hmm. right? So that inexperience, you know, yeah. many, of, many of them, it was their first playoff game. Yeah. So did and it I, show? Yeah, and I don't think it's jitters necessarily. You know, it, it's it's easy to kind of lean on, oh, well, it was their first playoff game. They were hyped. They, they were nervous. They, mm-hmm. it, I don't even think it was much that. I think it was just the amount of pace and pressure that Boswell plays with is something that they never got in 8-5-A. It's just something that didn't really exist. I mean, you play a team like Denton in 8-5-A, you know, they're trying to beat you 30 to 28 or whatever. It's just a different brand of basketball. Um, and and even, you know, Norris and Elliott, have, they've been on varsity and been contributors, but, you know, they got blown out by Lone Star last year. Not a lot of deep playoff mm-hmm. experience. So, you know, this is another year under their belt. They bring back the entire starting five from this playoff game. The Norris and Elliot will be seniors. Um, Elliot's little sister, Georgia, was a freshman. Kinsey Buss, uh, freshman point guard. And then Ali Buchanan down low, uh, who split time this year with, with Ari Hughes, a senior. But, like I said, they bring back all five. So, I mean, that was kind of the theme after the game um, from head coach Catherine Madison is just, you know, this was a taste. This will make them hungrier. They see where they need to be. Um, to try to win their first, I believe they haven't won um, a by district game since like 2008 or 2009, uh, one of those years. So you know they've made it back to the playoffs, but this this really might be the group she hopes that that can take that next step and kind of elevate their game. And, and now they've gotten a taste of you know what the playoffs can bring. So I mean that's that's basically all there was to it. Boswell's just a really good team. Um, you know they they don't relent. Their pressure is is really hard to. You know, that was what Madison said. She's like, there's no passing out of it. It just never stops. Like, it, it, yeah. they're just so good, so quick to the ball, and, and they make you so uncomfortable that, you know, Lake Dallas just, just didn't have an answer. But, you know, a great season. Um, first uh, year head coach in Madison, not first year of the program, obviously, but first year as a head coach. So, you know, something to build on for them, um, you know, hopefully for them. So, uh, moving forward, Boswell should be a handful for whoever they get next. But, but Lake Dallas will uh, start focusing on next year, I guess, at this point. Lake Dallas's toughest competition in district play, the Colony, yep. the mm-hmm. district champions of 8-5A, yep. they had kind of a nail-biter against yeah. Colleyville Heritage. They slipped by Colleyville 57-53. I wasn't necessarily expecting a tight game like this, and this game was even tighter than the score looks, if you can believe that. Um, so, yeah, 57-53, Colony moves on. Third year in a row, they've made it past the first round. They're going to play state-ranked Crowley 7 o'clock Friday at Byron Nelson. 
Um, Ooh, so a tough challenge for the colony. Are you going to be at that game? I will be Ooh. out there. Yeah, they're going to do Hebron on Thursday and Colony on Friday. Ooh, okay. um, guys, they were losing this game by four points with 45 seconds left and closed on an 8-0 run. Let me uh, guess, Jewel Spear? Jewel Spear, <laughs> yes. So, you know, the Colony gets an early 12-2 lead, but they get in some foul trouble. Colleyville switches up their defense. You know, the Lady Cougars have a little tough time adjusting. They're actually down 26-25 at the half. They have a good third quarter. Spear starts to heat up. They have a 15-10 advantage, you know, so they have a little lead going to the fourth. But they find themselves down with 45 seconds left. Spear gets a screen from Chloe Adami, makes the three, and gets fouled. So four-point play to tie the game. Wow. I think it kind of rattled Colleyville a little bit. Tamia Jones, they put the press on. Tamia Jones gets a steal and a layup, so the Colony's up two. They immediately get another steal. Kennedy Ryan gets the layup this time. So just like that, from down four to up four, and they end up winning by four. So, um, yeah, big four-point play. Spear finished with 25. Tamia Jones, 22 points, along with, you know, her strong defense and, you know, getting in the lane and wreaking havoc. So... Kennedy Ryan finished with eight for the Colony. So a little surprised at how close this game was, but, you know, they they did what they needed to do in the last couple minutes there to get the win when it looked kind of bleak down four with about 45 seconds left. Yeah, I mean, it's still the playoffs. And yeah. that, that backcourt from the Colony with Tamia Jones yeah. and Jules Spear. It's as good as there is. Yeah, I, I was about to say, there. I don't think, you know, I cover so many good teams, you know, with Liberty and Lone Star, they're state-ranked, but mm-hmm. when you look at just those two players in that backcourt, yeah. in the area, in the 5A level, it doesn't get much better than yeah. those two players right there. Yeah, so big win, and like we said, they'll play State Rick Crowley on Friday. So another tough one. If they win, they'll be in the third round for the third year in a row. So Interesting, interesting. Well, speaking of Lone Star, I just brought them up. They uh, they faced yeah, another, ne- <laughs> that, yeah, another one of my teams. I, I think I'm, yeah, I'm out of... Lovejoy, by the way. I'm out of uh, girls' basketball teams, I guess. Plano's still alive, but... you know, But on the bad. 5A level, you're yeah, out. I, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, uh, I'm going home early on the girls' side, it seems. Yeah, so I was at that game uh, Tuesday night at McKinney High School, and this one was never close. Um, Lone Star is as good as advertised. Top, I think they have an 11th in the state right now. Um, their best player, Adriana Quezada, only scored 10 points. She didn't get heating up until... Late in the second half, they were face guarding her the entire game. Uh, but you know, when you have a pair of sisters and Mia Deck and Kyla Deck, uh, one drops 22, one, the freshman dropped 22. Um, they combined for seven three pointers. Uh, Mia Deck, she dropped 16. So, you know, their guards carrying the load. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when they're hitting threes, they're tough to beat because their bread and butter is in the paint uh, with Adriana Quezada and, and Kayla Richardson and a handful of other players. But when those guards are hitting threes, uh, they're they're tough to stop, and you know I'm ranching closer and closer to a, maybe a potential Lone Star Liberty Regional Final. If if, yeah. if things, I know there's still you know three four games away, whatever it is. But if you know if they take care of business, that that's uh, what we could get. Lovejoy, uh, they had a really good player, Carson McFadden. Mm. She was. Uh, she was feisty. She had 21 points. I think she had the majority of those in the second half. She just wouldn't give up. Uh, yeah, they Lovejoy's a feisty team. They have some a bunch of juniors coming back from what I remember. Obviously, that was my first time yeah. seeing Lovejoy, but I, I safe to say they'll be back. I, I saw them play last year in the first round against Prosper. Yeah. They just keep drawing the, yep. the tough first round. I mean, that's what, that's what yeah. happened. Man. It, it was, yeah, don't you know, finish fourth. It was Lake yeah. Dallas. Um, Last season, I guess, they got Lone Star, and I think ended up losing by 60. So, yeah. you know, somebody gets in Lone Star's way in the first round every year, and, you know, it's it seems like it's going to be a while before somebody mm-hmm. can, can clear that hurdle. Now I want to close out the, the this half of the podcast with one last team, Frisco Memorial. First year ever as a program. No seniors on the mm-hmm. on the roster at, enrolled at the school at all. They have to play Wiley East, the undefeated team from uh, District 10-5A. 
And they gave him all they could handle. Yeah, pretty good equating. It was it was 41-39 with two minutes left in that game. Yeah. And then they miss a shot. They get flustered. They foul. They get in right. foul trouble. Their best player is a freshman, Jasmine Lott. She gets in foul trouble. She fouls out in the final two minutes. So, you know, that freshman inexperience, yeah. you know, they get they got flustered. Wiley East, they made their free throws, and then they have to keep fouling to try and get mm-hmm. back in the game. They miss a three. That would have tied the game. It goes in and out, and then they have to foul Wiley East again. Next thing you know, it's a, it's a double-digit you know victory for Wiley. East. The final score on that one was 51-39. But in all honesty, it was much closer than that. I, you know, yeah. uh, Memorial had a lead in the second half, and like I said, with two minutes left, they were down by two. So Memorial, that is going to be a girls' basketball team to watch. Uh, certainly next year and the years to come, their best players are, are freshmen and sophomores. So I was really, really impressed with Memorial. You can talk a lot about Liberty, talk a lot about Lone Star, you can talk a lot about the Colony, but Memorial, they were easily the most impressive uh Performance in a loss. I yeah. give, you know, yeah. give them a lot of credit uh, for that as well, guys. I think that'll just about wrap it up for this. Uh, I guess reaction podcast to first round playoff action. We'll be back next week. We'll be talking plenty of boys and plenty of girls as those uh, both playoffs and girls and boys sides will be heating up for sure. That's Justin Thomas. Taylor Raglan, I almost forgot your name for a second. <laughs> and I'm Brian Murphy. <laughs> yeah, and I will. We'll talk to you next week. Looking to hire top talent in your community. Look no further than StarLocalJobs.com. Our platform is specifically designed to connect local employers with qualified candidates in their area. With StarLocalJobs.com, you can easily post job listings tailored to your specific needs and requirements. Our platform is user-friendly and offers a wide range of options to help you find the perfect candidate for your open position. Plus, our job matching algorithm ensures that your listing is shown to the most relevant job seekers in your area. But that's not all, StarLocalJobs.com also offers a variety of resources to help you throughout the hiring process. From candidate screening to interview tips, our team of experts is dedicated to helping you find the right fit for your company. So why wait? Join the thousands of satisfied employers who have found their ideal candidate through StarLocalJobs.com. Post your job listing today and start building your dream team.